Hello, beautiful tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Uvita. Thousands of years ago, before modern medicine proved scientific evidence for mind and body connection, the sages of India developed Ayurveda, which continues to be one of the most sophisticated, powerful mind and body health systems up to date. And I can begin to tell you, tribe, that it's about putting the power back in your hands. And the company that's helping you do that is Uvita. I've been on Uvita for a couple months now so that I can have a healthy gut and be able to clear my gut and be able to have the best digestive system that I can have. Because healing your gut allows the body to build a stronger immune system and produce the right kind of bacteria that tells your brain that it's okay to feel good. And as, as everyone knows, I'm the shaman who likes to stay lit and make sure the tribe is lit all day long. And so it's important for us to feel good in our bodies and it's important for us to live a very healthy life. Uvita is a company that is doing that. They are utilizing the knowledge and understanding of Ayurveda in their company, wild harvested and organically grown herbs that they synergistically create in an Ayurvedic way to be able to give you what you need for your body to sustain health, wellness, and vitality. Everything that they have in their company is based in integrity, ethically sourced from natives who practice sustainability. And I can't begin to tell you how happy I am to share this with you and to have them be one of the sponsors for Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Their products offer everything from immunity to healthy joints and to healthy mood and healthy digestion and a healthy body. What more can you ask for from a company that is bringing Ayurvedic understanding to the Western world in a way that is supporting us and lifting us and shifting us into the greater possibilities of who we are? So I welcome you to experience Uvita. You can even contact them by going to their website, which is www.uvita.com. And you make your first order, type in the word shaman, which is their code for the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast tribe. And you will get 35% off on your order for your first order of Uvita. But I'm telling you, the moment you start taking this product, you're going to see dramatic change in your body and the way you feel. And that is the best. And as the tribe knows, I'm all about putting the power back in your hands. So go ahead and check out Uvita and use my code SHAMAN. And until then, live healthy always and every day in your life. Love you. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, and I love you. And if anyone hasn't told you how amazing, how powerful, and how special and divine you are, let me be the first, because you are. You're a gift to this planet, and you bring enriching information inside of your being by the life that you have lived that you get to share with the world and with the tribe. And that is so important. So if you ever think that you don't mean something, well, you do. You mean a lot, and you are a huge part of how we're all going to adapt on this planet. So thank you for being on planet Earth, and I'm so happy to be here with you today on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And let me tell you, you are such a powerful being, and we are creating beautiful energies in the world. 
and you are divinely inspired every single day of your life. And doesn't that feel good to know that every day you wake up, you have divine inspiration flowing through your vessel that you get to share with every one of your brothers and sisters while being here on planet Earth. And we are so honored to be able to experience the inspiration, the love, the wisdom, the nurturing, and all that you have to bring to your spirit. So thank you for being here on Ancient Wisdom today. We are going to have a lit show today, everyone. I have an amazing friend of mine, Sarah Delane. Now, let me just tell you, she is more than a goddess. She is a goddess of wisdom. When you think like Saraswati, when you think of all the different goddesses that have come to bring wisdom on planet Earth, she is the one of those goddesses. She is so amazing. The things that she has gone through in her life from her near-death experience to every transformation that she has experienced in bringing understandings of relationships, connections, understanding the deep and depths of the universe and energies and formations and so much more. And just for you to experience it is such a gift. So wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, remember that this is the time to sit back and be a part of this amazing show that we have for you today. And I am so happy to have my beautiful, amazing, powerful, wise wisdom goddess with us today, Sarah Delane. Hi, Sarah Delane. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Shaman Dirk, for inviting me. It's I'm I'm so inspired and so grateful to be on your show today. And what an amazing <laughs> intro. <laughs> That's probably the best one I've had. <laughs> that was pretty solid. Thank you for that. Absolutely. So tell us, tell us who is Sarah Delane in your opinion? Like if you, if you to mm. look at yourself, to see yourself and witness yourself, who would you say you are on planet Earth? <laughs> wow. You're just going to start with the big question. Oh, yeah. That's how we, right. that's how we, that's how we roll. On I the see train. how we roll. Okay. 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 Let me sit up for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Sarah Delane, that's so interesting. I haven't been asked that question before. <sighs> The first thing that comes to mind, I'm like, she's a hybrid. <laughs> the hybrid is good. Yeah. Thank you. And it's interesting because I feel like everything that I've, every moment I feel is leading me to the next one. So I never feel like in this moment, I'll be this for very long until that next one. Like, I feel like I'm constantly in a space of evolving, whether that's, um, uh, diving deeper within myself and my own awarenesses to better myself, to have a deeper spiritual connection within myself, my own, you know, masculine and feminine, you know, alchemy within all of those things, um, the the divine conscious, higher consciousness, whatever anybody wants to call it. I feel like I'm just on this path of constantly ever evolving, right? I don't, I, I don't like putting myself in a box. Yeah, I, I think like that's great. The 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 titles of that. So like, even who who I was even five minutes ago, let alone five years ago, is not who I am in this next moment, right? So if I were to sum it all up. I'm a little bit of a fire being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My parents named me after a six-winged fire angel. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that in there. And I feel like I'm just this spirit that's on this journey of discovering self at the deepest, most powerful core 
to understand what love is and what love is not? Mm -hmm. The reason why I ask that question is because a lot of times I see in society that people are always trying to identify themselves as something, you know, and what do you, what would you say to those people? (laughs) I say, honestly, sometimes I still... I'm trying to figure it out, to be really quite honest. You know, yeah, we live in that society of niches and cliques and titles and and all these different things. And I've even struggled, I mean, just being very real, even on the, the marketing side of things, you know, giving yourself that title of what it is that you are and what you do and all those things. And I'm like... How do you fit a spiritual being? If we're all spiritual beings, we're, we're trying to fit in this human body, let alone try to fit into a title, you know? And so to really like narrow that down in words that we can explain. Um, so would you say to people out in the world that don't put yourself in a box? I've constantly, even coming from being in the entertainment industry, starting at 13 years old, it was always put yourself into a mold, right? And so I've constantly felt like I've been this square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And it took me a long time to realize that we're not born to fit in. We're born to find our own individuality and stand out. We're born to find our own sovereignty and and where we create alliances and alignments within ourselves and other people. Um, and to not be afraid of that, to not try to niche yourself into one tiny little box so that what? So that then you can fit in. And then what does that mean? That then you'll what? Have the right friends. And what does the right friends mean? So we're constantly making meaning out of everything so that what will ultimately feel comfortable? Like what's the, what's the goal, right? And if we could sense what our most inspired goal would be to feel, then just move yourself into the emotional empowerment of feeling that. And then you wouldn't have to use whatever terminology or fit yourself in anywhere. You could just glide into whatever and wherever and connections with people and just be in the moment with whatever that is, not trying to make it into something. I love that. Did I that love kind that. Of, Absolutely. That of course it does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why you're here because we, we need your knowledge. We need your wisdom. And I, and I, I very much believe that we have a, we have a way of looking at things in shamanism. We call it going liquid where mm. we don't, afford, you know, we don't put any kind of form onto anything. We just Actually, like as mm. you said, you just glide in, and that's the same thing about being liquid. It's just that you're just kind of going in and experiencing things, and you're not really letting things stick to you. Right. I believe in having an uh, an intention, though. Right. I do believe in having a. Uh, I don't want to call it a goal, right? Mm-hmm. But having a, an idea, a vision. Right. You know, like it often says, like, oh, God laughs at a plan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. like have an outline, <laughs> you know, don't just, don't just be gliding wherever, you know, um, aimlessly, so to speak. You know, your soul is here for a purpose and to really identify with what that purpose is and then align your actions with that and keeping your, uh, you know, your emotions in alignment. I feel like the the most power that we have, at least in this physical vessel. I don't believe it's mindset. I know that that's a big thing right now and really strengthening our mindset, but I believe our actual power resides mostly in our emotions. And I believe that our emotions trump our mindset. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of clients that I have that come to me and say, my mantras aren't working. And I'm like, well, if your mantra, if whatever your mindset is, right, whatever you're thinking, whatever your, um, you know, power sentence is for that day, if your emotional state is opposite, whatever that mantra is, your emotions will trump 
the mantra. So as far as like cultivating our power and who we are and getting ourselves to whatever that next level, whether we're gliding, whether we're um, staying focused on what that image is, right? That intention is to see the intention and then honing our emotional empowerment, right? To then stay in alignment with what that ultimate intention is. And that is the foundation of manifestation. That's the foundation of ultimately our our greatest soul's fulfillment, I believe, to really kind of yeah, break it down I, I, in I a simple way. I think it's beautiful what you're saying. <laughs> I, I think it's very necessary because I feel like a lot of times people get into this idea like I mean and let's I want to go back to something that you said mm. you said about you know creating an intention because we hear with, with a purpose but I hear a lot of times people say in the world how do I know my purpose what 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 is your thoughts about that that's a really good question because that's a lot of uh you know people come to me a lot for relationships you know relationship with self obviously which is the one that sets the tone for all of your other ones. Um, but then also, yes, what your what your purpose is and how to uh, cultivate that and, and bring that out into the world, right? So I believe, and it was funny, you know, we've had a previous conversation about this. I call it either be negatively motivated or positively inspired, mm-hmm. right? So I see everything as sort of energy and, and um, I sort of track the energy of it, right? So if I were to break it down like that, our purpose ultimately stems or, or starts from our connection with, you want to call it higher consciousness, you want to call it God, you want to call it all. Like, I don't care what anybody calls it, right? Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. <laughs> She's literally doing a goddess pose here in the studio. And it's so beautiful. She just got like all luminescent, but go ahead. I don't want to like, <laughs> like, I mean, she, she even like when she said that, she literally like turned into this goddess and like was like really holding space for all of you to like, whatever you want to call God, whatever you want to call it, Allah, you know, whatever. She's really serious about that. Love I that. love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Libra. I like to honor everyone's perspective. I think it's beautiful. And at the same time saying, okay. Just connect, okay? Yes. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want to. Frankly, I don't care as long as you, that connection is taking place. That at the end of the day is is the goal. So if that's higher than you, right? If I, I sort of see it as your most, uh, your next highest version of self, right? Is directly above you, right? Can we go into the multiple layers, of course, and all that stuff. But for this conversation, the one that's most directly highest above you, if you imagine like your third eye, that highest version of you or next highest has a third eye that can see beyond what your mind thinks a plan should be, that can see beyond even what technically your heart feels, because how I see it working is that higher self from your next highest self, if you were to put your arms above your head and cup your hands like you were holding a bowl, that would be like holding the chin of your higher self. Mm. And that third eye, right, Right. is the all seeing. Then you come down and the heart of your higher self is in alignment with your third eye. And then your physical heart is in alignment with your sake, the sacral of your higher self right? Which is the, your will, the passion, right? All of that stuff, which then goes into alignment with your sacral, which is your passion. Oh, this is beautiful. I've never even looked at it this way. Thank you. So if we think about what our intention is, right? Our intention could be, should we play this game to connect with that higher mind, higher third eye and allow the inspiration from that uh, to come down 
into you, come into your third eye, which would you, you would get a spark of an inspiration, right? But that inspiration would be fueled technically by the heartbeat of your higher self, right? So the, the passion behind your higher self. And then coming into your heart, it would be fueled with the will and the motivation of your higher self. So whenever we get something that we're like, oh, my heart just ha- is, is, is telling me to go this way right? I have to follow this heart calling, right? I did that when I picked up and I moved to Sedona, Arizona. It was literally like, and it felt like a force because it was the force of the will of my higher self moving through me, my physical body, right? right? And then it, it gives you that sort of like, it feels like something's not pushing you, right? It's not forced, but literally pulling you as if this magnetic energy is, is pulling you in that direction. So I guess that's what I mean by setting an intention means connecting with that higher version of yourself, right? That all seeing a higher mind, if you will, right? Um, and then being positively inspired by the energy that's coming down and bringing it into your body so that you're you're just using that energy to fuel you as opposed to where a lot of us um and it's not any of our faults right it's it's how we're raised it's where society tells us to operate from right is very um you know fundamental root chakra foundation first you know the basic needs right basic hierarchy of needs right right yeah. and that if that's root chakra then we're trying to rise up to what higher states of enlightenment yeah so so if let me let me ask you this because i i know that a lot of people in the real world who are listening to you right now and let's say, for instance, a woman is saying, well, you know what? My, my heart told me to go for that guy. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being the biggest jerk and the biggest, mm-hmm. you know, loser that has hurt me. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to that? That's a really great question. Yes, actually, a, a lot of women come to me having the same exact question. And obviously, and, and some gentlemen as well, because everybody's been hurt, mm-hmm. right? Right. So... And I believe that until we heal the heart of our past, that will stop us from creating our future, right? Yeah, yeah. So how does, how does one do that? So basically, as far as to answer the question that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, you're, you know, on, on a broad spectrum, I could say, okay, your spirit came into this existence to learn that lesson because that particular lesson is going to help open your heart to a greater level of love through those means, right? And then there's the flip side of it. <laughs> Very Libra. <laughs> Where, <laughs> like there's always two sides, right? Like I identify with Maat in Egypt, right? Okay, it. like yes. the heart and the feather. <laughs> so there's always the flip side to everything, right? The flip side is on the real level, holding holding completely neutral space of of non-judgment at all um and i myself have gone through many situations where you know looking back i'm like well that wasn't so great you maybe would have chose otherwise right. <laughs> you know and i think everybody has i think everybody can relate to that and i say that to say if we could pull ourselves into the uh, observer perspective and no judgment of whatever those actions are really and look at that from everyone is playing a story they're creating their own story, right? They're the actor, they're the director, they're the executive producer of their own story. 
And, and they're the casting agent. And right? the casting agent. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're everybody. They're everybody. And the they're wardrobe playing, department. Right, the whole bit. <laughs> the Even whole how bit. it looks. <laughs> yeah. Even the scene, the set. They set the set, right? Absolutely everything. That. And to make a story work, there's three components to a story. You have to have a villain, something that somebody's going to fight against. You have to have then a victim to then be saved from the villain. And then obviously you have to have the hero, right? And this is traditional. This is where we talk about programming and subconscious programming, right? Which right. is where I just geek out on. So <laughs> our subconscious programming has been telling us that this is how stories are created, right? We know we watch it all the time in the entertainment industry as much as we love it too. And we go to see these movies to experience a feeling, not to have a thought, right? Taking me back to why I feel emotions trump, right? This is what we're going to have the experience for. That being said, you can rewrite any story that you have. But if you're in the middle of the story and saying, oh, well, they did this and, and then that had me feel this way, right? And I was heartbroken and blah, blah, blah. You just have to ask yourself in a neutral position, which role are you playing? And Ooh, this just got juicy. I love it. It's mm -hmm. just being real. Just right. like you would go to a movie and say, you know, which role are they playing? Right. That's a good tool. Can we go over Can you just like, just take that last part that you said? Because that's a good tool. Because <laughs> everyone at home right now and around the world or wherever they are is listening to that. You need to know mm -hmm. what role you are playing mm -hmm. in the, in the film. In the film that you created. That you created. That you designed. So, so this applies to everything in life. 100%. Wow. And if you then consider it and go a little more on the quantum side, everyone else has their own story with three characters that they're either playing, right. right? Or trying to get somebody else to play, right? So now you have perspective. And then uh, there's this blueprint that I created where I call it the power pyramid, right? Mm -hmm. And it stems from, you know, this first triangle, right? Is not, I'm not the first person to, like, that's not mine, you know? That's through many, many teachers have explained this dynamic, right? And I sort of expanded it. I said, there's something missing by this triangle. And so I spent two months what meditating. What does the triangle mean? The triangle is the um, drama, the drama triangle. I forget the gentleman who created it. You can Google it. It's, it's all, yeah, but you, know? if you can explain it to those who are like, what's this triangle? Triangle is villain, victim, hero. Got it. Okay. Right? That's what we wanted of to the know. the story. Yeah. This is the story triangle. That's you have to have triangle. villain, victim, hero, right? Thank you. So I realize there's, there's a few components missing out of this, right? Because that's one dimensional and we are multidimensional yes. beings, especially just the complexity of our minds, yes. right? And so then I realized, okay, yes, everyone then has a perspective because there's somebody else's triangle that now you're intertwined with. So you might be somebody's hero, but they might be like thinking you're the villain, Right. You just kind of had me flash into something recently. But yes, actually, absolutely. I was trying to be a hero for a uh -huh. friend of mine recently. And this person kept making me the villain. Yeah, 100%. But in your perspective, it's uh, I'm right. the hero. Yeah. Yeah. And technically, none of the, not any one of the three roles is an empowering role. Most people think like, I want to be the hero, right? I want to be like the superhero, right? Because we see those in all of the movies. And it doesn't make them wrong because like I said, if we're making a story, then we recognize that that's how stories are created. And if it's in our own life, then we have to say, okay, well, 
if I'm the hero, then technically that means that I have to make someone a victim. So now I'm victimizing someone. And then, explain that. I want to get into that. Okay. So if you're taking the, um, and usually if someone needs to play the hero, they're, they're trying to play the, like, like they need to feel good about themselves. Right. And then that's sort of the unconscious behavior, right? Because you could have well intentions to then be a hero, right. And say, okay, I have no attachment to, you know, whatever plays out. I just want to offer this to you. Right. Right. It's a, that's more of the authentic version. The person who is um, needing to be that, you know, higher role, right, to feel good about themselves, they then have to make one person feel less than. They have to make someone feel like a victim. They have to victimize them and say, okay, you're not capable of doing this. Thus, I need to, you know, save you from it. Uh, so this right? is the reason why, like, in a lot of cultures, especially in Turkey, for instance, uh, we have families who will go in like the hero to help mm -hmm. like another family member mm -hmm. and then that family member gets angry and upset because yeah. they're actually stealing their power away mm -hmm. from them mm -hmm. because of the fact that they're jumping in and trying to save them but by doing so they're, they're telling them you're a victim you can't do anything i have to mm -hmm. do it for you i have to take care of this for you look at what i have to do for you you're lucky you have me this kind of thing wow guilt trips yeah. blah, blah, blah. Guilt yeah. trips. and guilt trip makes you feel like what like terrible about well, it makes you feel horrifying exactly yeah which is victim state right it is victim state so then if you have to play the hero but now not only are you victimizing somebody but now you have to make somebody else bad and wrong right right you have to make them the bad guy the villain mm. right so and what do you suggest not. in what, what do you suggest people in this model Mm -hmm. You were saying, did you add more components to it? So there's two different, um, or not two different, there's two additions. The The one addition that I found with this um, was that we have that dynamic within, uh, you know, our relationships. Mm -hmm. We also then have a relationship with ourselves. And we then also talk about a relationship with our ego, right? Which I've said, you know, to you in, in different conversations of, I believe our inner child is, or I believe our ego is our inner child. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be integrated, right? Not separated more so. However, the ego mind takes on a role. And so even if we're in this relationship dynamic with someone, even if let's say all people go away, as long as that dynamic is still within the subconscious where all of our programs are, and that's where we have to go in order to release those programs, right? Mm -hmm. Even just traditional meditation doesn't take care of the subconscious programming, right? So we have to go to the subconscious mind to release the programming. But the ego, right? The ego mind, and you know, we've talked about higher ego and lower ego, right? Yes. But that will play a role. So if all other people, let's say, disappear, then now what ego or what role is your ego playing? That can look a lot like if, um, if let's say your primary state is to play the victim, right? Mm -hmm. Again, just looking at it completely neutrally, no judgment of self. And then saying, okay, how do you talk to yourself? Do you talk to yourself lovingly? Do you talk to yourself um, uh, like doing your best to empower you? Or do you kick yourself? You beat yourself mm -hmm, up, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? But yeah, and a lot of people do beat themselves up in mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. And that's a good point. And, you know, to a certain extent, we all do because we have, we're human, right? We have this, <laughs> we have a human element to us, right? And either way, 
none of those roles are empowering, right? And so even if you look at then the relationship or, uh, dynamic with your ego and all of the relationships that you have, bringing even awareness to it, that's already getting you to, you know, breaking through that cycle, right? You're, you're already changing the, the particle trajectory, basically, by even just bringing the, obser- or the observation to it, right? So the observation onto what role everyone is yes. playing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. And what role you're playing. What role we're playing. Right. Absolutely. And the next step out of that is to then transform the triangle. So one, it's not about playing the game. It's about moving yourself in the center and being that observer. And then two, changing um, villain, victim, hero to inspiration, thought and action. So going back to what I was talking about with the higher self, right, that starts with inspiration. So if you get out of this triangle, instead of it being villain, victim, hero, you change it to then going to your inspiration, connecting with that higher, right? Inspiration, bringing that down to thought, your physical mind, which is your higher self's heart, and then um, action, right? Which is your heart, but also your sacral and your will. So that's kind of the first way to get out of the triangle is observe how the triangle is, right? Right from a neutral standpoint. Second is connecting with the higher bring instead of villain, victim, hero, bring it into inspiration, thought, and action. And it's interesting because in the dream world, in shamanism, we have a very similar thing as far as like where people go to a dream interpret, it's all based upon what role did you play? What was your archetype? Mm. So if your archetype, were you running from something? Mm -hmm. Were you saving someone? What were you doing? And what was the situation? It's telling you what is happening in your life. So that's very interesting. Mm. I I like that. And I use archetypes a lot. Um, I use them, I guess, a little bit more in the futuristic sense. Mm-hmm. Can so, you explain that? Absolutely. So coming uh, back to purpose, right? If you are still bringing your past into your present, right? So whatever relationship, all that stuff has happened, right? And you're bringing that, you're bringing your past into your present. Then your future only has one option, However, somebody is in the moment, right? And this almost kind of goes back a little bit to storytelling, right? Because we create these archetypes, you know, an actor will create a character and then they'll embody that character. We can do that very similarly in our everyday life if we hold the future vision or a future archetype of what we would like to step into, right? So a lot of people who are dealing with confidence, right, or who they would almost need to be in order to have that relationship that they want or even just approach someone for the relationship that they want, right? Using archetypes is really powerful for that. But I also do a little bit more of an energetics and integrate Mm -hmm. the archetype. Mm -hmm. Um, And then focusing on that future version of yourself, right? So whatever that future version looks like, wants to look like, right? You get to create that, right? So I do a little bit of what I call a hypno meditation because it's using the strength of hypnosis, but in kind of balance with meditation. (laughs) I love your whole balance thing. I love it. I can't help it. (laughs) It's great. I love it. So tell us about, yeah, so tell us more. I mean, we, we, you know, I'm I'm very new to all this information. Mm. So that's why I really love hearing about things that I don't know about mm-hmm. because it's educating me right now mm-hmm. and it's educate it's educating the tribe Thank and you. that's really important so yeah. keep like tell us more I like grounding things out a little bit right we can get very into the spiritual but ultimately 
connecting with the spirit doesn't do us any good if we're not able to bring it through the conduit of our body and then actualize it into this reality. hundred percent. I believe right? that. Yes. So a lot of these are, you know, concepts, right? Like archetype is a concept. And that's why I say it needs to be integrated because you're actually anchoring it into the physical uh, energetics of your being, mm-hmm. right? And almost then becoming that next version of yourself. In order to do that, you have to release the story of whatever has happened in the past, right? So even going back to you saying the the woman who's questioning about the relationship aspect, right? No, uh, if she's constantly bringing her past into her present, then the future only has the one option that is based on the past. So she can't see the next options that are available for her. Nothing, nothing's written, right? Because she hasn't written what she wants. She's rereading the story in the pages over and over again. Right? So is that what you mean by rewrite your story? 100%. Okay. How does one do that? <laughs> Um, through, well, it's not just a one step, one process, one step process, right? Um, a lot of what we're talking about is doing that. Ultimately, it's focusing on, okay, what are the things in my past that I need to heal? What are the heart wounds? So many of us are walking around with, you know, just hurt in our heart from whether it's past relationship experience, whether it's family relationship experiences, whatever it is, right? Or just seeing how the world is and empaths feeling connected with the the sort of emotional state that it's putting us all in, right? Or whatever you resonate with. And so needing to almost heal that part it's really about healing whatever has been in the past that um, has served you as a lesson, but almost now could be considered um, almost like a ball and chain that now you're dragging into your present and thus then into your future, right? So the goal would be identify what needs to be healed, right? Whatever that that is pulling on your heart strings, that that is now maybe once, like I said, having been a lesson, right? But now is it, just asking yourself the question, is it holding you back from the future potential that you could be creating, right? That doesn't have all of that in it. Doesn't mean that you, you know, forget things, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things around that. It just means releasing whatever the emotional anchors are that are now balls and chains that are stopping you from your next highest version of yourself. So it's people just dragging. Because I always like, one of the jokes I used to always make to my friends is like, are you dragging that bag of suffering behind you? That's exactly it. Right. I call, I call people hurt collectors. That's like, it's like, uh, you, know, you, have the, you know, you have the trash man that comes and picks up the trash. Mm-hmm. Well, you have hurt collectors. They go through life collecting hurt and storing mm-hmm. it on their shelves and bringing it totally and bringing it into the next relationship yeah it's carrying it with them in their bags you know painting the picture on the wall to remind them of the painful relationship of that guy who bought them that picture i mean don't you even think like people in their homes like they i I had this one friend and literally she had this horrible relationship with this guy she was with but she kept all the things from their relationship in the place and she was like how come i'm not having a new relationship Mm. and i was like isn't it because perhaps you have all the energy of the memories of the one that you had a horrible relationship with still sitting in your face every single day. Mm -hmm. And that's the energy you're actually like connecting with, Mm -hmm. you know, do you think that has an effect? 
it a hundred thousand percent has effect. We have this other really powerful thing about our minds <laughs> um, that activate then our emotions, right? Is we create negative anchors. So you could, she could literally be looking at all of that stuff and that's sparking the memory, which then activates the emotion of all of the pain or even some of the happy stuff, right? But I think that's sometimes what people may get caught up on. They feel like, well, if I release the pain, then I'll release the good stuff as well, right? Mm -hmm. But then don't get caught up in, okay, well, in order to have happiness, then you have to have pain, right? Which would be the flip side of it. So she's visualizing all of these things around her. Um, we do that in relationships a lot of times as well. You can actually negatively be anchored to somebody's face, Someone's face. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> so, it's like, hold on, hold on. Well, break so, yeah. this down. <laughs> okay, break this down for me. So someone's face, someone's face can be, be like, does that mean you look for the same face? No. What does that mean? Does that mean like someone breaks up and she has one guy has a face or a girl has a face and they keep looking for the same face to show up? Okay. I'll put it in the most simple, basic terms, right? And, and keeping in mind, too, that all this stuff can be rewritten, <laughs> okay? So the last time, let's say that you had a relationship with somebody, right? Uh, friend, romantic, it doesn't matter, right? Um, and let's say um, that that ended not so good, mm -hmm. right? We do our best, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but let's say something happened and it ended not so good, right? Um, have you ever then seen a picture of them either months later, right? You could be totally fine that day. And then you either see a picture, you hear their name, um, you <laughs> cross over their social site, like whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden, those same emotions come up from that pain. Yeah, I've definitely had that. Exactly. And I think a lot of people have, right? That's why don't stalk their social profiles after a breakup. That's like what number would you one. Say? I mean, no, because you work with a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. What would you say for someone who does break up? Because I, I always say that, like, you know, I'm friends with all the people I've ever dated uh -huh. in my life. And um, we all have really good friendships. Some of us, more touch and go in the sense when we're in town, we'll have dinner and things mm -hmm. like that. However, and some of us, we're just really, really close and we mm -hmm. just keep it real with each other. Like, that. Yeah. you know, and so forth. Like even one of them came in and was like, I don't understand why you're dating that person. Like, like it totally goes against you being authentic. Like you, we broke Called up. for the, Yeah. They, they, they call me out, <laughs> That's you know, awesome. which is really Friends nice. Friends like that are good. Yeah. So, you know, you go through this breakup, like, you hear radio, you hear music. It's yeah. like the programming that's coming in from like the music, the radio stations, yeah. like all the songs are always like breakup has to be painful. You have to suffer. You know, you got to go, you got to get back at them. You got to have revenge. You got to hold grudges. But isn't there a point where like you met this person on a spiritual level that you were mm -hmm. meant to be in each other's life and share whatever it may be that mm -hmm. you shared that was but you're there really to help reflect to them their truth of what they really desire as for their authenticity when it comes to relationship does relationships have to break up in the war of the roses <laughs> if people are operating from the triangle then that would be the case so what do they do how do how do we restructure relationships on planet earth yeah that's seriously what like i'm about <laughs> Yeah. Least, like, like, can we please do that? Can we have like the upgrade already? Because yeah. it doesn't, I agree with you. It doesn't have to be all of that. And 
if people are bringing their past baggage, like what did, how did, what was the example you I gave? Call them, like, the, like dragging their bag of pain behind or the hurt collectors. Exactly. So that's literally what I'm saying where that stuff needs to just like heal it, clear it, dump it, burn it, whatever it is. Right. I mean that lovingly. <laughs> yeah. And work through it so that then you're not bringing it into the relationship to recreate that same triangle dynamic because then you get into the, okay, well, that's how my story has been. And that's what I need to continue my story to be right in order to be right. Right. But that's the whole thing right there. Right. Is like yeah. the whole idea of being right. Yeah. It's like, what do they want to be right about? Like, do yeah. they want a gold star? Well, it's like, like a trophy. That's great. You can be right or you can be happy. Right. So if they're <laughs> like, so if they're, so if they're being right, then they're not going to be happy. Um, in that equation, not ideally. I mean, unless, unless on some so level, it's making it? them happy. So why do people do that? That's a really, really great question. I believe on one level that we're here to learn how to not do that. So we have to almost do the thing that we need to learn how not to do in order to not do it. <laughs> so do you think that people just intrinsically have this idea that they like, be, they want to model themselves into bad relationships so that they can be right to prove that what they feel, felt before they even got in the relationship, that like women are crazy and men are hard to come by? I think to a certain extent, it's programmed. I think to a certain, and that's where bringing conscious awareness to it comes into play because if, if, if you don't know that that's what you've been subconsciously pre-programmed to think based on society, your friends, what everybody says, I can't tell you how many clients I say, they're like, well, everybody says that. Well, everybody does that. It's like one, who's everybody? Mm. Two, do you want to fly the way that they're flying? Like, or do you look at them and say, wow, they really have an ideal life of, of what could be amazingly possible, you know, and it looks like suffering and that's what you want to recreate? So if everybody says this and everybody does this, right, quote unquote, whatever that is, is that causing happiness or is that causing suffering? And if it's causing more suffering, then where do we start looking at that's not what we want? There is a better way. And let's all break the cycle of that behavior, break the cycle of, you know, those those patterns, right? anchoring, whether it's your face, whether it's a box of old memories, right? Being able to be courageous and brave enough to say, you know what? I want something different. I deserve something more powerful. I'm, I'm a spiritual being who's here to learn about love and remember about love. And this isn't that. These are old pre-programmed ways of showing me what love was based on a dynamic that I learned a long time ago. I have something that I call the shadow side to self-love. So everybody's on this game of like, how do I love myself more so that then we can love each other on a deeper level, which is what everybody wants. Yeah, absolutely right? they do. Whether you call it twin flame soulmate, like I don't even care about the titles of that anymore. I want to get into that want... a little bit, but go ahead. Okay. Don't stay with where we are. I like okay. that. And I love that we're jumping all over the place. So I'm I... a random. <laughs> I'm a random. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so the shadow side to self-love if if you learned how love was given, right, a long time ago based on how you saw your parents or your parental figures offer what love was to look like, right? And some people that hasn't been so cozy. Can I use myself as an example? You can absolutely, please. Okay, so my relation, my what I saw growing up as a kid is my father was a male chauvinist guy mm. who believed that women were for, you know, for eye candy and for, you know, to just trophy, trophy yeah. and, mm -hmm. you know, he said he was in love, 
you know, he, he, he really believed he was. Of course, to the extent that he was able to give and receive it. Yeah, to the extent that he would be able to, to receive a lot. Uh-huh. And, you know, he, with my mom, he, he cheated on my mom and my mom ended up leaving. And, you know, um, they never fought their whole entire relationship. Mm-hmm. They only had an argument the day before she left. And then my stepmom, same thing. He never fought with his wife. Mm-hmm. He just, just talked, they talk it out, but still there was no affection. I never saw affection. Mm-hmm. I never saw touch. I never saw connectedness. I never saw anything really, to be mm-hmm. honest, other mm-hmm. than like, I bought you this, I bought this, or I bought that. What do you think from my perspective of that mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. that I, that, that, how that would have shaped me? So how that might have shaped you um, and not knowing you very well, but giving that um, that story, right? When we come down here and we incarnate, technically, all we know is that we're love and we come from love. Yes. Right. And yeah. we come down here basically to learn love. Yeah. So you see this dynamic happening between the people that you on some soul level, you're like, OK, I'm going to learn love through them. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're teaching you not through their it's not their fault. Right. Like none of this is anybody's fault. And yet we also need to come back into the space of saying, okay, we can also do something about it. We can break these cycles. Right. So however they learned that, whatever that relationship dynamic was. Right. Either only uh, what love was giving gifts. Right. And but no affection. Yeah. Right. Just on a very service. Yeah. 100%. So you take that on and you're like, okay, that's what love is. That's what love looks like. So if you want to share, right, I would go so far to say that on one level, you love offering gifts to people. You love offering and doing things for people and and being there almost more so than you are for yourself. Mm -hmm, That's correct. Okay. And, and again, we're just skipping surface case, No, 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 case, don't, right? there's no, don't, you do it. You okay. dig in, you go in, this is real. <laughs> you know, like everybody, the tribe knows we go real. We go, we go okay, in, dope. we don't hide anything. We talk about everything. We blow everything out of the water. Okay, dope. Yeah. So I would venture to also say that to a certain extent, love means money, right? Or whatever money could provide as far as tangible objects, right? And maybe you don't, hug people so much. I mean, I know you greeted me with such a warm hug, right? And so you could have then overcompensated, right? For you're like, I never got that from my parents. So now I want to give so much more of that, right? Yep, that's exactly right. Exactly. I'm a hugger by times 20,000. Exactly. And the flip side to that, because we do one or the other, we either rebel against what we learned or we follow suit, right? So it could have gone in the direction where you're like, I don't know how to give physical affection at all, right? to to yourself or hugging anybody or whatever, right? So you took the opposite end of it, which is wonderful because we all, we need touch. We need physical touch, right? I used to not be that way. I used to never touch anyone at all. I couldn't okay, even be hugged at all. Okay, good point. And then three girlfriends of mine, like, had invited me over to the house for tea. And as I walked in the door, uh-huh. they like, all grabbed me and started hugging me until I like fell apart into a tiny, like and started screaming like a child and was like, stop and it. I started shaking and yeah. I started, you know, and then all of a sudden I became a hugger. Yeah. So on some level, <laughs> your soul was like, we got to break this <laughs> right. for him because he's meant to do more loving and touch and connection. Right. And one of those is physical touch. Right. So, yeah. but perfect example, you said before that you were like, uh-uh, not no. at all. So, right. but to you, you didn't think that there was anything up 
with that, right? Because you're like, oh, this is how I learned love. So to a certain extent, you either like to buy yourself nice things too, right? Uh And before that transition with all of your friends, right? You probably didn't know how to nurture yourself very well. Ideally, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm still going through that. Okay. Yeah, I'm still going through that. I mean, I grew up with a father who was a multimillionaire and he used money as a way to demonstrate love. Mm-hmm. Um, or what he thought love was. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up buying the school, like every gift they wanted, buying exactly. my girlfriend every like outfit, diamond, whatever she wanted, I bought it. Mm-hmm. And I did that all the way up until about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I was in a relationship with someone who wanted a house in the Hollywood Hills. They wanted the B&Ws. They wanted like fancy trips to like the most expensive places in the world and shopping sprees of thousands and thousands of dollars where I'm thinking like, I'm just here to be the shaman and support the world and like do all these things. And you're more concerned about like what pool chairs we have. Right. You know, so I. But you would attract that as your external echo based on the internal relationship you're having with yourself. Wow. So that you could be able to see that. So you could choose then, do I want to continue that or not? But that's the thing. You probably broke up with the relationship. It was tumultuous. Yeah. It was tumultuous. But then did that recreate potentially in another relationship? Um, so, okay. So after that, I got rid of my house in Hollywood Hills. Uh-huh. I gave away everything. I gave the art away that I collected from Art Basel. I gave away the car as I gave away pretty much everything. And I basically, ever since then, I've been living in two suitcases, traveling the world, uh-huh. met another amazing woman, um, Japanese. We're still good friends, but mm-hmm. we realized that we couldn't be together because I got to a place where I was like, you know, I don't want to take care of you anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like, I don't want it to be based on like me because I'm traveling all the time. So I would have to pay for her because she's an artist and she's mm-hmm. a wonderful person, you know, and I love her and she's beautiful and she's talented and she's just amazing being one day you'll meet her. She's just the most amazing woman. And that's what's actually called her today. And I didn't, mm-hmm. but the whole point, <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm making is she's an amazing woman. I mean, like she's like, when I say like Japanese culture, like in the sense of, you know, her education level and the way that she came to from Japan with very little and made the biggest Mm -hmm. company in San Francisco. And, you know, she killed the fashion industry and like now she does painting and arts and she has paperwork and just amazingness. We had a great connection. However, the other relationship, the person was a cancer. She's a cancer. I'm not going to hold that against her. But the thing is that It was all about, can you fly me to Paris? Can you fly me to here if I want to see you? Because I'm always traveling the world. So she doesn't have the money to do that. I Mm -hmm. would have to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. And I got to a place where she was also being a little, like what she wanted um, a certain way because she's Japanese and she she, she does the the, like whole tea things, like right out of Misty Miyagi, you know, like straight tea ceremonies with the kimono and everything. That's her. Oh, wow. You know, and so I, you know, we broke up. We Uh split up and we're now we're just like, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Right, with benefits right. and enjoyments of <laughs> consciousness and spirit and meditation and everything and that, you know, together and tea. Exactly. And um, what happened to me was I got sick and tired of like mm-hmm. wanting to pay mm-hmm. for love. You would. So is that a part of because of what happened to me as a child? Yeah. So this is fascinating, by the way. You're you you're on one level. You believe that that's how you're loving yourself. You believe that that's how you're loving other people, right? 
and that's on a subconscious level. So a lot of like, um, you know, we can't, we have the conscious and then we have the subconscious. We can't forget about that's dictating a lot of our emotions and our behaviors. So like me taking the dinner every time for friends. Yes. Like I always take the tab. Yes. I always take the tab. We go get massage. I'm like, I got all your massages. Yes. But then you had to re like you were doing that for so much, right? From think about it this way. If you didn't know any better, right? You're doing this behavior, paying for everything, right? All of this stuff, because that's how you believe love is, right? And since that's a subconscious behavior, right? And then it reaches to a point where then you're like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm sick of this. You're not getting anything in return, right? Mm. It's not equally balanced. Mm. This is just this example, right? You're not getting anything in return. And so then you're like, wait a second, like there's something wrong here. It's like, we don't think about that there's something wrong until we hit the breaking point of there's something wrong. We don't want to fix our relationships or, or work on our internal work until we've like the relationship is almost over, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has, everybody has all this stuff, right? Nobody's exempt. And you had to reach to that point so that then your conscious mind would say, wait a second, like, hold up. This, this is not love. This is not, right? There's something wrong here. Even if you didn't know what was wrong, you felt there's something wrong here, right? But then we do the thing where then we rebel and then we stop doing all of those things, right? Or you do it, you find it in increments, but it's still a subconscious uh, pattern within you. So on some level, there's still something going on within you where that's still taking place. It could have shifted into another form. No, it's definitely there because that's why I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here like really enjoying everything you're saying because... Mm-hmm. Even just recently, I was in the Hamptons and I met someone and they were just like, oh, yeah, you know, if you want to see me, you got to find me because mm-hmm. I don't have the money, you know, and you do. And, you mm-hmm. you know, this is who you are. And like, and, you know, and then I got a person saying to me, oh, you know, I can't buy my ticket for this. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take care of your ticket. No worry. You know, our friends like, yeah, hey, you know, I can't. That. I can't pay this month's car payment. I'm like, yeah, here you go. Don't worry about it. I have the money. Mm-hmm. And I'm very giving. That's the nature of my mm-hmm. being. I give in wisdom and love to, to the tribe. And I give financially and so forth to my friends and my family. And I've always been that person. So what do you believe will happen if you stop doing that? I feel if I stop doing that, I'll feel like they feel that I don't love them. Yeah. So hence why you continue because it's still part of the subconscious. Or you could even say something would happen based on your mother and your father's dynamic where if if that wasn't happening, if gifts weren't given, right, maybe all hell broke loose, right? Or somebody would have an upset or cry or whatever it is, right? And so then you're like, oh no, something bad will happen. So they either won't love me or something bad will happen. Yeah, and it's really funny because it's never about them not loving me is always about me feeling like I'm not giving the greatest love I could ever give. Mm -hmm. So how was your then relationship with your mom and your dad? If you weren't, did you give to them the same way that they were giving to you or strive Uh, for for my mom? Yes. Uh To my dad. No, I gave to my dad in other ways. I gave to my dad through wisdom, healing and um, conversation because he had everything. And then as as he, um, but for my mom, like I would do, I mean, every time she called me on the phone, she'd say, oh, you know, I need money for this or that and the other. And I would give it to her without, uh-huh. you know, until one day I was like, every time you call me, you're always asking me for money. And it's just like, I would like to see you get on your own two feet and be able to like m- maneuver this for yourself, which I know you can. 
And so I'm going to do the best thing I can right now and basically say no. Mm-hmm. And, and then it helped her to get where she needed to go. Mm-hmm. But I do it, you know, I do it in my family a lot. Like my family will call me and they'll say, Hey, you know, I need a ticket to go to Nashville or, Hey, I need to do this or, Hey, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm a lover. And I feel like to me, money is just a currency that gets you from one place to the next place. And so if I have it, I give it as long as I have enough for myself. I don't give mm-hmm. unless I have enough for myself. But it's interesting that you're saying that because when people do things for me, for instance, I don't need a lot of things. I know a friend of mine once offered me a Rolex and I was like, I don't need that. I don't want that. Like that's material. I don't want that. I'd rather, if you want something, spend a day with me sitting on the bench in a park and let's just talk. Like to me, that's so everything. So you're able to give love but not receive it. Is that what that means? Is it? <laughs> well, you may not think it is right but based on the programming that we're looking at the, the not receiving the rolex would be yeah. like receiving of someone's love yeah. for me yeah 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 <laughs> whoa man this is awesome i love it <laughs> wow just like take just take just take you know yeah rip me open i'm i'm, I'm, I'm i love it I love you. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. I'm very transparent. I like to be transparent with the tribe because, you know, we're all going through we the process. And these are things now that I, because when you were talking, my guides were talking to me and they're like, and this is the reason why you're not in a relationship right now mm-hmm. is because what she's talking about, you don't, you haven't looked, you look at other things, but you don't look at this part. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I'm really great that you're bringing it up because everyone who's listening right now is learning from this. Mm-hmm. And I'm really learning from this. Like, this mm. is powerful. Good. I love that. I've had my same lessons. I mean, I didn't just learn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't just, I wasn't just going to a place to learn this stuff. It came through like, okay, I got to fix what's going on. You know, why do I keep attracting? Mine was, you know, all the unhealthy relationships. And I was like, I, I keep getting hurt by this, right? Even though no one can hurt you, right? But I was like, okay, I'm the creator of my own reality. Why am I creating this? Right? right? So I wanted to find out the core reason and then how to shift it. One, so that then I didn't have to ever, you know, continue suffering with the same stuff, you know, and, and recreating it. And I didn't want other people to experience the same thing. So what would be your advice to me then uh, being the fact that uh, I do have this subconscious program mm-hmm. that uh, love antiquates itself through the act of my giving? Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, not, but thank you for correcting me, guys. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> I noticed that when people do say, mm-hmm. hey, I want to like do this for you mm-hmm. or like I want to buy this thing for you. I'm mm-hmm. like, you don't need to do that for me. I'm mm-hmm. good. Like, I'm good. Like, go give that money to someone on a farm. So, <laughs> and as amazing as that is, right? Like, we're not discounting that then your generosity would be to extend that, right? Right. And yet, as far as energy, whether it's money, love, like everything is energy, right? And so we want to have equal flow going both ways as far as giving and receiving, Mm. right? So I would say is like, you know, just one step thing without diving deeper into really doing some more like hypnosis stuff to shifting the subconscious. right? But as far as a conscious action that you could take around that, receiving is more feminine energy, right? Yes, you're right. So... When you're presented with, let's say, that next opportunity where someone's offering or giving something to you, right? Sense the feeling in your body of receiving it and what level of resistance you have with that. 
And whatever level of resistance that is, being bringing all your attention and mindfulness to that. And then we're, we have choice no matter what, right? If we have options. If we don't think we have options, then we don't have any choice. So in that moment, you can say, okay, I'm present to the fact that I'm feeling the resistance to this. What am I making it mean? that this person is giving this, mm-hmm. right? What am I telling myself? I what love am I, that. Yes. right? And then what emotion is coming up from that? And if that, what I'm making it mean is something negative, right? And then that emotion that follows suit is something that doesn't feel good. Well, now I have full awareness of both. Is that the reality that I want to continue creating for my future? I'm in this now moment. Do I want to bring that into my future and create that? And if the answer is no, being the conscious creator of witnessing and being awareness and knowing that then you can shift anything on a moment, say, okay, well, what would, what would I need to feel? What would I need to feel in this moment in order for it to have no resistance? And then with that feeling, what thought would I need to have that would follow suit with that emotion that then would make me feel in more um, allowance mm-hmm. to receiving? And so it's like you track it backwards, right? I used to have this whole thing of not thinking that I was smart enough (laughs) because when I was, I was homeschooled when I was um, 13 and I also grew up traveling in Europe. And so I had to jump schools. And so I was never in the right curriculum age or uh, curriculum um, grade in order for what my age would be, right? So I always had this thing of like, oh, you're not smart enough. You're not, you're not going to get it. And then at 13, having, um, being homeschooled for the equation, right? For math problems, I didn't have a teacher. So I had to get the answer of whatever the math and fractions math problem it was, work the problem backwards and then check my work by reading it frontwards. So uh, for a long time, I thought that that was a hindrance to me. Mm -hmm. But now doing this work and being able to focus on somebody's future, focus on the answer that they want and track the whole thing backwards is, is sort of how I end up utilizing I guess, you know, my gifts now. It's beautiful. <laughs> Turn them into gifts, right? <laughs> so you, how did you get into your, um, your path? <sighs> how did I get into my path? Because when I go on IG and listen to you, I'm very, um, what, how do you say, uh, you know, in awe of, of the you. knowledge that comes from your being and the depth and the clarity that comes from you. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm grateful for that. Brother, yeah, no, it's that. it's really it's 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 so powerful, and I think everyone should uh, definitely be following you. Uh, so, w- you. W- how, how did how did it how did it come to be in in that you know in that frame <laughs> for you to have all of this? Because I definitely know I know you from another lifetime. I, I definitely felt yeah. that the first time I ever saw you, and I can definitely feel your wisdom is is coming from other times. Mm. But you did you did pull it in from those experiences into this lifetime. So yeah. You know, what were some of the key components that you felt that were like <laughs> moments that, you know, created that for you? Absolutely. I'll jump in chunks, right? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, uh, ever since I was really little, uh, I used to have really bad night tremors. I would have dreams of other worlds, other energies, other, you know, it really what was what sort of piqued my interest in the sort of supernatural world. Mm-hmm having very little understanding of it, right? But every once in a while, I would hear things, I would see things, right? But that wasn't something that was uh, so much at the time supported in my family, right? To at least talk about. 
And yet at the same time, it was what they knew about, right? Right. So uh, growing up, I was raised in traditional Christian, right? Now we're a little more expanded galactic. (laughs) I love the family I incarnated into. So always having that awareness, that sort of empathic nature, right? But it wasn't, um, it wasn't anything that I knew how to identify with, right? Um, Then starting in about 13, um, I moved out to California, right? To try the whole, you know, entertainment industry, right? And I moved in uh, with my grandmother where that wasn't um, the healthiest relationship, right? So in my subconscious programming, that was um, what set up those challenges and lessons, right? And so my only escape at that time, knowing now uh, is astral projection, knowing now is meditation. At 13 years old, I had no concept. There wasn't YouTube. There wasn't anything. There was no podcasts of people talking about this stuff, right? So my only escape from the uncomfortable environment that I was in was to go deep within my mind to sort of pay attention to my inner consciousness. And I wrote pages and pages of whatever my, whatever I was hearing, right? So you're ascribing. Initially, right? Without knowing that that's what it was. But yes. So I have about like two books worth of just writing out stuff. And I would go, I, I would call it fake dreaming, right? I would close my eyes and I would go into other realms or worlds and I would connect with other energies and that was entertaining for me right that's very shamanic we call that shamanic navigation ah okay see I didn't I yeah that's great (laughs) I didn't have a book for it I didn't have (laughs) (laughs) living at a grandmother's that was not the book that would have been read right I wouldn't have not been allowed to have any of that um and yet at the same time being 13 and starting the entertainment industry I feel like that was that was what supported me. And I feel like connecting and creating characters, right? I would like pull in from all these different, you know, energies and actors are natural channels, right? Nobody ever tells you actually how to r- release the energy. That's after really interesting that you just said that. Yep. You're actually blowing my mind right now. Okay. So no, I've never heard mm-hmm. one person in Hollywood say what you just said. I've said this to Gwyneth. I've said this Mm -hmm. to all my friends who are major um, actresses and actors. Yeah. Why I feel like a lot of the actors have committed suicide and why they have like, like lost their mind with drugs Uh and everything of this nature. And everyone, I told them, I said, do you, I go in shamanism. When I look at their shamanic alchemy, Mm -hmm. I see a channeler. Yeah. I see someone channeling spirits channeling other dimensions and mm-hmm. pulling it into their body and not knowing how to get it out. And then it accumulates, accumulates, yep. accumulates. Just like and a spirit. You, you just like a spirit. And you just said that. And yep. I am lit because no one, I kid you not, like you are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> no one has said that. And I say that to every single one of my actor friends. And I tell them that's the reason why you need to do this work because Actually, the change work too. This is why you need to love on yourself, right? Because because I'm restructuring, <laughs> okay, you good. know, to the new words. So loving on yourself in the way that you're operating in your career, yeah. because you're a channeler, and if you don't get these energies out, yeah. you're gonna start going to these crazy, doing crazy things, and start acting cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah. So tell me more about this, because you're just taking it to, like. I, you, yeah, you just you just took the lit train on like on supercharge. Go ahead. I taught it. I taught people how to do this, 
when I moved to, okay, so let's back up, right? All being in the entertainment industry, right? Going to many, you know, teachers and realizing how to bring in all this stuff. And I was bringing all this stuff in. But yes, not knowing how nobody was telling us how to get it out, right? Not yeah. even a lot was really telling how to bring it fully in and and safely and correctly and holistically, right? And all those things. So long story, jumping ahead, that basically ultimately led to, you know, Hollywood's Hollywood. And I was suppressing a lot of things and um, and near-death experience, right? Lots of partying, partying with some of the top names and and living that whole amazing lifestyle, right? And at the same time, I was cheating on my physical body, my spirit, my, right? I was escaping, doing my best to escape. And that's just the truth of it looking back, right? And I almost escaped, like fully. I, one night partying too much and almost fully escaped, won't get into the details of that, right? But there was no white light. There's no beautiful angel that comes to you and says, oh, now your life is going to be like this, right? And there wasn't any of that. But there was for two years a full, deep transformation. And I was all of a sudden clairvoyant and clairsentient and all the different clairs and I could see things and feel things. And they were through my room and waking me up in the middle of the night. And my phone was calling me at 3.33 in the morning and nobody was on the other line. And all of these different things were happening and I was hypersensitive to everything around me. 3.33. 3.33. Do you know yep. what 3.33 means in shamanism? Um, not in shamanism. At the time, I didn't know where it was at all. There was nowhere to look for this. <laughs> Do you know what it means? I would love to hear your input on this. <laughs> so 333 is the number of, of the calling. It's the number uh, of the calling literally. for your path. <laughs> it means that you've been given the gifts and you need to listen and you need to follow, your, you need to follow the, the call. I, so, so when 333 comes mm-hmm. up, it means the spirits are asking you to align yourself mm-hmm. to the position that you already set up mm-hmm. and to take the call. And it's calling you, literally called you on it the phone. It literally was sending me a text. You remember when Blackberries were cool? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I thought I was so cool with that oh Blackberry. Oh my God. And I had the Blackberry world. Yes. I was so cool with the full keypad. Yeah. I was like, screw T9 word. We're done with that. <laughs> <laughs> All the days. <laughs> Depending on the age range of your audience, it could be like T9 what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they can look it up. They can Google it. Exactly. Google it. It's on there. So yes, you remember how it would send you a text message that would say voicemail. Yep. So every night or almost every, I tried tracking, right? Because I need to find the system. I need to find the pattern of things, right? And there was no pattern. It was either every other night, every night. There were nights where it was five times in a row, 333 on the dot. I have a ledger of like two years almost of every single night and the date and the time that it would send me a text message saying voicemail at 3.33 in the morning and there was no voicemail. There wasn't even a missed call. There wasn't anything. That's powerful. Yes. <laughs> finally, I did a little segue story, if I may. I finally, I was like, I need to find out what this was, right? I was Googling it. I found out St. Germain. I found out, I was like, maybe it's my dead grandmother. I was like, all of these different things, Right. I go to um, the I, I go to Canada, right of all places. I'm visiting Canada with my father. We go to this amazing restaurant. I decide to randomly ask the 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 server who was there. He mentioned something about my phone, and I'm like, oh, because it was the world phone, right? Not a lot of people had the BlackBerry world, and I was like, oh, you have this. He's like, I have the same phone. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Decide to ask him. I'm like, just weird, odd 
<laughs> totally random question. Does your phone ever call you or send you a text message at odd hours, say, you know, like 3.33 in the morning at all, ever? I thought maybe it was like a BlackBerry thing, uh, yeah. right? And he was like, yeah, actually it does. And like he had my full attention. I was like, no, you're kidding. What, like, well, what, what happened? And he's like, oh, I called my service provider. He's like, but the weirdest thing He's like, yeah, it was get, I was getting a call from two different numbers. He's like, I thought it was a fax. <laughs> Speaking of old things. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I was like, so did you find out the number? Like, who was it? He was like, it was the, it was like, it wasn't really like a number, but there were always two. There was the same number. And I was like, well, what was it? Right. He's like, the first number <laughs> was either 111-111-1111 or the second number. Three, 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 three. Those were the only two numbers that his service provider told him. I'm like, are you messing me with me right now? And he's like, no. He's like, I don't even know what that means. Like complete non really spiritual deep diver at all. <laughs> like, this is, this is, <laughs> this is so, so wonderful because so there's these beings in the great council uh-huh. that made a decision because of people's belief systems about creation and all that kind of stuff that they were going to use combination codes yes. to communicate with the world. Yes. And it's so, and I remember when I got the transmission so long ago that they were going to start this, this, uh, this, you know, this transmission and that everyone, even if you were Muslim, it didn't matter if you were, uh, uh-huh. if you were Arabic or if you were Jewish or if you were atheist or whatever, you would relate to these numbers. You would, mm-hmm. you would be like, Oh, this number keeps calling me or this number keeps showing up on my clock and so forth. And so it's interesting how the BlackBerry, because the BlackBerry was the thing at the time. It was a huge. Everybody had to have one. Everyone had to have a BlackBerry. Yeah. Like if you didn't have a BlackBerry, like if you went BlackBerrying so cool. it, you were not cool. Not cool at all, especially not in Hollywood. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're like, oh, you have that phone? Yep, yep. <laughs> you, oh, you have the flip what, phone? The flip phone? That's so yesterday. Wow. You know, you had that flip phone. Oh my God, I really enjoyed flip phones. I did too, It actually. was so cool. It was like so like, I thought at the it was time, cool. yeah. until it wasn't cool. And then the flat fit, you know. Isn't that was it interesting? Cooler. I mean, I remember when there were no phones. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I remember when my dad came home with like the first phone. It was in his big, big box. It was like a brick. It's like a brick. Yeah. And he's all, yeah, this phone calls people. I'm like, what? Really? It's like not a house phone? He goes, no, this thing is a mobile phone. Like a, oh. It was like a big brick and a yeah. big box. You had to carry this huge box. It was like heavy, heavy box and he would carry it on his side of his arm oh like, my God. everywhere he went he oh my God. this huge thing and now we can't get him thin enough and tiny enough and cameras and uh, who knows now they're gonna make it like a little disc and you wear it on like you know, it's gonna be like hooked oh into they your have wrist. it on your watch already oh yeah we're gonna so insert please it tell us more okay so uh, to finish up that story okay i was like I, w- I was with my dad and i said okay it's a, it's a service provider thing. It's some, it's some odd phone number. It's some weird facts, right? I was ready to have the logical answer. <laughs> I was ready to completely disregard any messages from spirit whatsoever. Okay. We go back to the hotel. It's now we, you know, we closed down this gorgeous restaurant. I forget which one or otherwise I would totally give them a shout out because it was an amazing dinner, but we go back to the hotel. It's like around midnight. Okay hundreds of rooms in the hotel. It's midnight. There is nobody in the hotel. We're the last ones coming in. For whatever reason, I forget why we were standing in the lobby for a minute, right? I don't know if we forgot our key card, like what it was that we had to wait. So either way, we're standing there and I'm talking to my dad about it. I'm like, okay, I can, I can fully just stop the search for this 333 thing, right? It's a fax. 
That's what it is. It's not dead grandma. It's not St. Germain. We're good. Midnight, we're standing in the, uh, the lobby way of this hotel. Of all the people, this random woman comes down. She's checking out, right? Midnight or, you know, red eye, whatever flight. She says to the, the guy at the desk, uh, she's like, okay, I have to go and get a few things, blah, blah, blah. Can you please hold my, you know, bags here? And he says, sure, ma'am, no problem. What room are you in? I'm just going to, I'm just, what room do you think that she's in? Three, three, three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even kidding. This is good. I like, like it. <laughs> my face, like I just looked at my dad and I was just like deadpan. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I don't even know anymore. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. And we, he was just laughing. So that was the full, right? Like it, my phone kept doing it. It wasn't until I dropped the BlackBerry when BlackBerry wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. That then it stopped. I so remember I don't know. when BlackBerry wasn't cool. Yeah. So. I was like, yo, you have a BlackBerry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so uncool like the flip phone now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, are you really using that prehistoric phone? <laughs> exactly. So long story short, like, I love that you say that in shamanism, that, that that's follow the call, right? Mm-hmm. And literally like follow the call. Because everything that was happening in, in my life, like that was when my heart started, like how, I'm, how I was saying before, like following that magnetic pull that your higher self, like whatever you want to call it, like I so don't care what anybody calls it anymore. But when you feel it and you hear it, like you have to listen to it. You can't not. Right. And so it was literally felt like an activation. I was already two years going through this transformation, Kundalini awakening, all the different Claire's trying to be an actress in the industry successfully, Mm -hmm. but having all these different, like my emotions, my, I was picking up energy, was picking up people's thoughts. I felt like a light socket. I stuck my finger in a light socket sometimes, especially when I would come around electronics, try being on an entertainment set. I would feel like I was having a, like a panic attack. Were you attack. doing, were you being, were you doing, um, being an actress? At that time still, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because you're gorgeous. Thanks, boo. So when I first, when you first walked in, I was like, why is she not in the movies? I jumped in the front of the line for uh, when we incarnated and it was like, pick out your body. And I was like, I'm so excited to come down here. I want to like <laughs> pick out my body. I was like the front of the line for the store opening for like, pick out your body store. I love it. <laughs> I was like, let's try that one. It's <laughs> great. like a good plan. It's a great one. <laughs> it's great. It's a suit, you know? It is. It's a bio- I call it the biological space suit. Yes. The biological space suit. It's very interesting. I can like, change its size if I want to. I right. can do all kinds of cool things with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Abuse it so majority of the time. Yeah, I that did that was in my I early did life. That. Yeah. That's what I call cheating on my body. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing such good, nice things, right? So all of that to say, I got to such a point where I was like, I, I need to realign almost, right? I need to balance. I need to find out what exactly this is that's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And I literally, I was like, okay. And I had already gone to Sedona. Right. And Sedona was just a dear, beautiful place that I had been brought to so many years before. What is Sedona? Like I've never been to Sedona. Never been to Sedona. Never been to Sedona, but you should come to some places that I have been like Turkey and Israel and Egypt. Okay. We'll do a trade. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? It's really funny because everyone keeps asking me to come to Sedona. It's ridiculously amazing ridiculously amazing. 
And the vortexes are real for anybody listening. That's like, I don't know, are the vortex? They're scientifically proven. It's 100%. You can see it through nature. <laughs> I love that you, you just did that. That's exactly <laughs> what some people probably just did. <laughs> yeah. So you can see that when this trees spiral, right? That's actually showing the energetics of the vortex. So either way, I was called there to do, to, to clear, to connect, to do all that. So literally it was like spirit said, this is where you're going. And I'm like, seriously? And I'm like, but I've spent over all this, the, I started at 13, right? I've spent all these years working so hard and being successful at it. Yeah. And this was, I was looking at my life through a keyhole. I thought this was my everything I was supposed to be, right? And yet at the same time, there was something a lot different and I can't say bigger or smaller, but it was just, it was different. And it was just an energy force that was calling me in that direction. And I was like, if I don't do this now, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it. Mm, people get people get that. A lot, of, a lot of people get that. And uh, the question is, do you answer the call? Exactly. And that was the exact question that I was asking myself. And I'm like, you know what? This is either my path or that's my path, right? If, if the industry, like the industry is always going to be there. I can always come back to that. I can't come back to not listening to a heart calling because I don't know if that's going to be there if I don't listen. And when you don't listen, it usually just gets louder or you have to suppress it in whatever ways, right? Or you suffer. Or you suffer. And so when spirit, I usually like to say when spirit like has you, uh, you know, like you're going to answer the call, it's like six, like 30 days, actually. So... I was given the sort of message like, okay, you're going. It was like 60 days. I packed my things in 30 days, sold the rest of it. I got the exact amount from selling half of my junk that I needed to pack it up, store it, and ship it over to Sedona. The exact amount from the yard sale. Yeah, because spirit, spirit was guiding you making that decision. 100%. So I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. And then coincidentally, I go out there. I'm, I'm scared out of my mind. I'm like on the edge of the cliff. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is that moment. My mama was like, why are you worried about the ground underneath you when you know, like you're an angel fly, you know? So that's when you kind of determine that you have wings or not. It's on the way down. That's what you, that you say, Cause I always say, my thing I always say is like you, you know, jump first and then build your wings on the way down. Yes. And you do hundred percent. And I can, with all of my heart, say that that's so true. You almost have to have the faith to jump off to then determine whether you're going to build those because they don't just appear like you grow them on the way down, you build them, right? And yet at the same time, yeah, I, it was probably one of the most fearful times that I've been in my life. Aside from going through a Kundalini awakening and a transformation after a near-death experience, that I've woken up in nights with pure terror. That's different. <laughs> so I get out to Sedona and I'm like, okay, I'm willing to just drop everything, you know, leave it alone. Okay. I'm, I'm taking a hiatus from this years and years over 10 years at that time or 50. I lost count, right? I'm, I'm going to take a hiatus from that. Okay. Chapter closed, enter new chapter. And then of course I get out there and spirit aligns. There was a producer friend that I know, right? And of course, there's a film school out there. They find out that I'm out there. And of course, that exact same time, uh, the teacher of the school was stepping out, 
right? For her own personal reasons. And they're like, we need an acting instructor at this film school for the beginning and advanced acting classes. And I'm like, you echo what now? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I thought this was a chapter, you know, and spirit the whole time was like, no, 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 this is a different technique to teach you. So, you know, it's interesting. In shamanism, we have this thing, we call it take what's given. Yeah. And so as we're training as kids. I like that. Every time we we uh, it, we engage spirit to create something or manifest something or whatever it may be, however it may show up, you know, we are the whole thing we're, we're taught is take what's given. So the universe, you know, may bring something to you and you may be like, that's not what I was looking at. That's not what I was looking for. But that actually is because yeah. the universe is actually go on that because it's going to lead you to the thing that it mm-hmm. wants to do. So I think that's great. Mm-hmm. 100%. If it's not the one, it's on the way to the one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. And at the same time, right, sometimes spirit only gives you your next best step. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what the five steps are after that. Right. Because they even did an interview. You got to say that one again, because people really need to hear that. The universe does what? It does. It will only give you your next best step. You hear that, everyone? Your next best step. Not perfect. (laughs) Right. So it's not about you trying to figure everything out and trying to realize because you don't have everything figured out, you decide to sit sedentary and you decide not to do anything and you don't take action in your life. You have to realize that because you're looking forward for the other steps, you're missing the step that was already put in front of you. Let's mm-hmm. continue. That's totally. Great. And I mean, case in point, I go there to do the interview for, you know, to be this instructor at the film school and they ask the traditional question, what's your five-year plan? You know, and I was like thinking... And I literally was quite honest with him. And I was like, you know what? Like, I thought my 10-year plan was going to be, you know, this whole other thing, right? Industry, actress, start start at 13, all that stuff, right? And whether spirit has that in store, that's not what's important, right? And I said to them, you have to have the outline, You can't have a plan and think exactly what your ego thinks is going to be the next step for you, right? You got to just take what's in front of you. And so I literally said to him, I was like, I am here and I'm not trying to create a five-year plan. I'm here to go within. I'm here to learn. And if I'm here teaching whatever my gifts are that I I can offer you from my experience in the industry, it would be my pleasure to do so. But can I give you a five-year plan? No, I can't because I don't even know how long I'm going to be in Sedona, right? I was committed for, (laughs) I sold, I moved all my stuff, right? Um, And I spent over three years there. That being said, though, coming back to what we were talking about as far as, um, you know, actors and being natural channels, when I started teaching the class to the actors, it was half the um, the directing or the director students and then half uh, the actors, right? So some of them were townspeople. Some of them were the ones that then would be in the films, right, of the student films. So it was this whole collection of things uh, of amazing, amazing talent. Like to this day, like I love, I love the memories that that created with my students. And they were so ready to dive in to so many different things. And And I created this curriculum and what I realized midway, I was like, I'm not teaching an acting class. I'm like, I'm teaching an authenticity class, which is really what acting is about anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's beyond. It's exactly right. And I think when people go into that whole idea of thinking that it's about acting, it's not. You're actually, it's a channel, a channeling authenticity class. Channeling authenticity class and almost emotional uh, mastery class. Yes. Actors have to know how to master their emotions. Right. 
And yes, most specifically this channeling, because there were so many of them that wanted to dive into the depths of like these darker roles, these really, you know, dramatic, really passionate roles. And yet being in Sedona, very spiritually inclined, they were like, well, what about energies? And what about, you know, like, I'm going to start seeing, you know, this, like, it's so dark and like, do I want to go there? Right. So I developed a very specific technique to have them go in and take them through that process and then also get them out on the other side. Because that was like we said, you know, earlier, I was like, that was the thing that I never had. I had to discover that on my own and then end up teaching it to to this group, this class. And they loved it. They would spend, I mean, we would do a session where, I mean, it was very almost improvisational, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they would lose track of time. The first time that we did it, they were like, oh my God, you want us to spend like the whole class, like the whole time? Like it was like an hour class. But isn't that a beautiful thing? Like when, mm-hmm. you know, you love something so much and you love on it so much that you, you do lose track of time, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what happens. Like I always tell people, like if you are looking outside of what you're doing and wondering like what's going on outside or what's on your phone or, you know, like when I worked in the studio with my buddy, Jimmy Chamberlain, who's now on tour right now at Smashing Pumpkins. He's the drummer from the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm. And we go in the studio and he would make me turn off my phone. <laughs> and I said, why? He goes, nothing good comes in the studio with a phone. Mm. He goes, because your mind is thinking about the phone. You're not going to come up with the greatest creativity. So let's go mm-hmm. in there and let's be creative gen- geniuses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and every time that every time I do anything, if I'm working on my book, if I'm creating tarot cards or if I'm, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, any creative you know, thing that I get involved in. I turn away things like my phone, my computer, unless I'm working on the computer or stuff like that. But it's interesting what you're saying, because it's true. It's like we have to we we have to emerge ourselves in it so much where we lose track of time because yeah. that's how we know we're, we're fully engaged in that yeah. love moment. Yes. A hundred percent in the moment. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. And they did. They completely like by the time I brought them out and released the energy of whatever it was that they brought in and checked with them and made sure that they felt secure with that, you know they would look at the clock. They're like, Oh my God. Like, (laughs) like they were like, that felt like five minutes, you know? And that's, I I love that you said that equally, you know, it's like we, the more that we can be in that moment of not letting anything else interfere and be fully present, whether you're channeling or whether you're channeling an energy for a character, whether you're channeling spirit and wanting to bring in creativity, whether you're in a relationship and then wanting to be in that present moment with somebody so that all time disappears, that can be recreated when we align ourselves to that, to that energy and be in the moment and be within our, our emotions of it. I love it. It's, it's, it's uh, falling into ethereal time and getting out of primordial time. Yeah, exactly. So that was probably, um, that's up there on, on, you know, just wonderful experiences and memories that I can say that I really feel were aligned um, by a greater energy, you know, um, to say, okay, this is, this is what we're, this is how we're going to support you, you know, because half the time, honestly, I was like, why am I, why am I teaching this class? I was like, what did you bring this in? You know, talking to spirit. I'm like, what did you align me with this for? Right. And it was very interesting, the thing that Spirit was telling me, they said, you have spent so much of your upbringing, right, almost hiding behind other characters, right, Um, creating these amazing characters, but 
mm, to a certain extent, being really honest and really raw, I had to come back into the memory of like who I am. Mm-hmm. Not all the characters. When you start at such a young age, it's it's almost easy to get lost, right? And so um, as much as I had a foundation of knowing who I am, there was a deepening, right? A deeper process of that understanding. And so they said, uh, Spirit was like, you're, you know, for everything, they, they only let me see so much, right? But they said, so what is in store for you? You've been coming out in more of like the limelight as a character. We need you to strengthen your skills as coming out as you, right? So they Miyagi'd you. Sure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What, wax? <laughs> yeah, they, Miy- they Miyagi'd you. That's what the spirits will do. They'll Miyagi you. So literally, like, you do something, but you don't, you think it's this one thing, yeah. but it's actually this other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like yeah. someone could be, like, learning how to clean a house, yeah. and they're, like, really good at house cleaning, and then all of a sudden, they realize that they end up becoming a person who is to fix people's lives and they end up becoming like an amazing psychotherapist or counselor or whatever. Yeah. And they're really good at putting people's lives back together because yeah. they're really good at cleaning houses. And that became that spiritual skill, that physical skill became a spiritual skill. Yeah. You got Miyagi. Yeah. I straight got Miyagi. I like it. And honestly, I think that's very symbolic for everything that I've learned. Like I take so many of the tools from that I've learned as an actor and bringing that into helping people understand themselves better in their own spiritual development and then even in relationships. So the journey, right? It's beautiful. But yeah, so spent a long time um, in Sedona meditating on a red rock and, and, you know, kind of compartmentalizing, okay, what is clairvoyant? What is clairsentient? What is, right? And feeling that and experiencing that because it was all coming at once. Learning to be a snake charmer yes. and tame the little kundalini, not little, the, <laughs> the wild um, two snakes going up the spine um, that got awakened after the near-death experience. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time doing that, getting very much into, yeah, I got into some really weird stuff. Just being real. It's Sedona. There's a lot of weird stuff. So that's what I have to look forward to. I'm going to get involved in a lot of no, weird no, no, stuff. No, you're going to come with me. I'll keep you away okay. from this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, um, and I say weird, like lovingly, because it was all such an amazing experience. You know, it, it had me deepen my understanding of quantum realities and different dimensions and, um, and just seeing, just seeing, seeing energy. I feel like I see frequency. I don't I know. I mean, you do. And you're, you, you have a plethora of knowledge when it comes to <laughs> so many things. And it's so wonderful. Thank you. So how can people find you? Right now, um, I'm, I love connecting with people through my Instagram account. So that's at Sarah Delane, which is S-E-R-A-H-D-L-A-I-N-E. Um, every Tuesday, I do what I call Soul Circle. It's a live Instagram Q&A we just did. So we did it. It's amazing. It and so to fun. answer a lot of your questions. So definitely check out her Soul Circle. Yeah. I keep it focused on, you know, conscious lifestyle, relationships, uh, and spiritual awareness. So, but we definitely go, you know, quantum. Um, I have different guests on, um, or I do them uh, by myself sometimes. It's, um, to be honest, it's when I was going through, after the near death and I was going through my awakening and there wasn't, um, there, there wasn't a lot of people to connect to and ask questions. 
and I really wished and I really had like, I would have given anything at that time for everything that I was going through and just even dark night of the soul kind of stuff. I don't, you know, if, if your community, but there was nothing like that. There was nothing in the, there nothing. Was nothing. So to be honest, that's, that's really why I do it. One to yes, obviously support and bring obviously the message, you know, in raising consciousness and shifting into, you know, the possibilities of, of where I see our relationships, right. And what's possible for that. And so just sharing that message, but also for the people who, who have those questions that would give anything to ask or, or give anything to just have a community that's like, yeah, hey, we're going through the same thing, you know, and, and almost making it a cool conversation, you know, not this taboo thing. I feel like even, um, you know, when I did um, sort of take my hiatus, like there were a lot of friends of mine that thought I would lost my mind, you know, and I'm like, I don't know how to explain this, but I have to follow this. Right? And you'll have some but, friends. You'll, you'll definitely, you're, you're, I mean, people have to realize that as you shift into a new paradigm. Yeah. You know, you're seeing things differently. You're experiencing things differently. You are going to have people who think you lost your mind, but in truth, you found your mind and they're totally. the ones who lost their mind. I like to say I, I did lose my mind and I found my heart, my connection with Oh, that's with even better. Let's use that one. <laughs> say that one again. I did lose my mind and I found my connection with my heart and my spirit. That's perfect. Yeah. So, it, so that's all. The, so those are the places where people can find you? Yes, I am. Um... Uh, updating my website right now. And so I may even change the handle of the website. So um, connect with me on Instagram. And if you go there, then one, yes, you'll have access to Soul Circle. And when I finally get that fully. Do you offer sessions at all? I do. Absolutely. So I do individual sessions um, just to sort of find out exactly why, you know, people's life and their relationships are the way that they are. Um, and that's an intro into then uh, some, there's always levels of transformation, right? So you, know, you did it for me. <laughs> you did that it was for, just fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. It was a big, it was a big chunk for me. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on our show. Mm. We love you so much. And we're so happy that we got the tribe got to taken your knowledge and I got to open up and talk about these things. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much, honey. Shaman, it's been such a pleasure and I'm so honored and I'm so grateful and you're such a dear brother. Yes. And I'm so honoring and appreciative of the work and the powerful work that you're doing in this world for women, for men, for everybody. Thank you, my love. Absolutely. That really meant a lot to me. Thank Absolutely. you. Wow, tribe. How amazing is that, huh? Like really getting clarity about understanding the triangle archetypes, really getting clear about relationships. I got to share some of my experiences as well. We got to learn so much tonight by the lovely Sarah Delane. So please do go check her out on Instagram and get involved in her soul circle. I love you all so much. You can also, if you're not following me yet on Instagram, you can follow me at Shaman Durek. Go onto my website, check out, um, you know, my sign, sign on to my newsletter so you can take some classes and upgrade your powers. And most importantly, remember how powerful and amazing you are. And there's only one of you. And that makes you sacred. I love you, everyone. Bye.